3-0. Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Catherine Cowdery. Bloomberg Taking Stock is brought to you by 1-800-Flowers.com. Mother's Day is this weekend, available through Thursday only. Get 24 multicolored roses for just $29.99. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click on the microphone, and enter 1130. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout their trading day. Now over to the first word breaking news desk for today's afternoon call with Bill Maloney. Bill? Good afternoon, Catherine. Stocks are under pressure with the Dow currently lower by 149 points. SBs dropped 20 and Nasdaq falls 50. At one point, the Dow was lower by 220 points. The small cap 600 is down 10 points and the 10 yield falls to 1.79%. Nine out of 10 SB sectors are lower led by losses in energy materials and the financials, small gains in health care. Dow Transports fall 96, Nazarbotex declined 33, and the VIX is higher by 7%. Dow leaders to the downside included J.P. Morgan, Cisco, and United Technologies. Pfizer and Apple led to the upside. Some of the names pointing after the bell tonight include Illumina, Devon Energy, Zillow, and Agrium. Live from the first breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Catherine? Thank you, Bill. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type, SQUAK on your terminal. Oil tumbled below $44 a barrel today ahead of a government report that's expected to show an increase in crude supplies last week. West Texas Intermediate crude oil is down a dollar for a barrel, trading at 43.74. Spot gold down $7.50 ounce to 12.8830. And that 10-year treasury up 21.30 seconds with a yield of 1.79%. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Kathleen Hayes in San Francisco at our Bloomberg News Bureau, welcoming another guest from the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco to talk to Pim Fox, my co-host and I, about the labor market. John Fernald is Senior Research Advisor at the San Francisco Fed, and he's here to talk to us about a very important topic, which is productivity. Productivity of workers, John, is a very important determinant of growth in the economy. It really helps determine GDP, but it has slowed a lot. Why? Hi, thanks. Very, very pleased to be here. Uh, well, I would highlight not just the weakness in the past five years, but really the weakness of the past dozen or so years in productivity. Uh, the productivity was slow leading into the Great Recession, so I don't think the weakness is just the Great Recession or its aftermath. I think it has much more to do with the new normal. Uh, we all wanted the new normal to be the fast pace of productivity growth we saw in the mid-90s to the mid 2000s, uh, where information technology uh, was really transforming a lot of what businesses were doing throughout the economy. What we've seen in the past dozen years is that uh, there's still lots of transformative things happening in terms of information technology, in terms of mobile and cloud con- computing and artificial intelligence, but it hasn't been spilling over in the same way to businesses throughout the economy, elsewhere, outside of the production of information technology. John, so wh- so how do you measure productivity, and uh, is where's all the productivity gone in the United States? Uh, great question. Uh, so, of course, productiv- by, the basic thing I mean by productivity is output per hour worked, or GDP per hour worked, uh, which is, at some level, it's it's a narrow part of the things we all care about. We care about things beyond just market sector GDP, uh, but it's the, the 
main locus of innovation in the economy. And so your output per hour can go up because we have better skills, you know, people are more educated, it can go up because we give people more tools to work with, you know, more equipment and software and structures and uh, I, uh, research and development, uh, or because we innovate broadly. So well, you know, one of the things you saw in the mid-90s on, really com coming before that, is things like distribution, which was just transformed by the fact that uh, businesses like Walmart figured out lots of great ways to reorganize the distribution sector, you know, how they got products into their stores and into the hands of consumers. They could do it much more cheaply, much more efficiently. Well, the other thing you saw is that low efficiency, uh, low productivity, you know, mom and pops dropped out. I mean, they, they, got, they were forced out of business. So you got a reallocation towards those high productivity firms. Well, that process naturally comes to an end. I mean, you get a one-time improvement, and you put a new place, a new thing, the low-productivity firms enter, exit, and you're left with kind of ongoing incremental gains. Well, so it's great to have high productivity, and it's great to have more efficiency, but it seems to me we are just uh, we're, we're just eliminating more and more jobs without creating – because we can't create the jobs – this happens organically, right? I mean, inventions and new technologies. But so many technologies now are labor-saving and labor-limiting. Are we going to have like a two-tiered society where some people have the tech jobs and they make a lot of money and everybody else grows baby carrots, you know, because that's all that's going to be left to do is really pursue the new food trends or something? I'm being a little bit extreme, but I, I think a lot of people are worried. <laughs> that's right. So one thing Mary mentioned on, on her segment is that this has been going on for 200 years. I mean, 200 years ago, people were worried that automation was going to cost jobs. Uh, what it's done is... Uh, co often cost jobs in the areas that really produce the innovation, uh, but created new jobs elsewhere. Uh, for one thing, it's generating income and real purchasing power and increases in real wages that then people spend elsewhere. So it is, uh, in the long term, you know, not cost jobs. In the long term, it's, it's we've found new places. I know there's a lot of concerns that maybe this time is different. I think it's still hard to say on that front. Uh, what I will say is, uh, even if your know, productivity is still just sort of inc growing incrementally, uh, it's very hard to predict where the job gains will come uh, and which jobs are going to be eliminated. And so I, there's a lot of need for flexibility in the economy, both to benefit from ideas and to ensure that people can take advantage of the opportunities they have. Uh, just quickly, John, uh, intangible investments in things such as organizational capital, are they complementary to things like, uh, you know, information and communication technology? Absolutely. Uh, that's something we've really seen is you get information technology where the processing speed gets faster, communications gets easier, when you have data storage gets better, and businesses then have to figure out, well, how do we benefit from this? You know, how do we take advantage of this to change how we do our business? Uh, so we're, you know, we're obviously we're. I mentioned I mentioned retail, where I was sort of focused on you know, brick and mortar uh, change. But of course, a lot you know, steadily things move online, and businesses find ways to think about uh, the complementarities between online and brick and mortar. Thank you very much, John Fernald. He is a senior research advisor at the San Francisco Federal Reserve. You're listening to Taking Stock on Bloomberg Radio. Bloomberg Taking Stock is brought to you by Land Rover. Adventure is yours for the taking. Visit LandRoverTriState.com for special lease and financing offers. Land Rover, above and beyond.